0: How's it going, y'all? What's happening? Um, This week I have on Vaishnavi Sundar. She is a self-taught filmmaker, writer, and grassroots activist from southern India. She also runs a vlog on YouTube. Um, She recently created the film Dysphoric, which is a four-part series, and it's fantastic. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, her YouTube channel and film studio is called Lime Soda Films, and honestly, without further ado, let's get into the chit-chat slash interview. Yay! I have on Vaishnavi Sundar. I, I, I might have said that wrong. I mean, of course, but uh, welcome. I'm, it's an honor to have you on.
1: Thank you very uh, much for having me.
0: Hey, my pleasure. I almost said, how are you? And then I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm trying not to start this off with, like, the typical questions. I know you've been doing a lot of interviews. Um, It seems like recently, for the past month, I'm not going to tell the timeline because I don't know. But um, because that's why I've been, like, freaking out. Like, God, I feel like she's already answered all the questions, but I'll just try the best I can. And I know we'll just get the combo going, really. Um... I almost don't want to start with like the feministy questions i don't know let's just get into the film because i'm an artist and um the drawings and the person that did the art i forgot their handle it's like
1: Phantom veins yeah. yes
0: thank you i knew it was two P's. um they just so perfectly portrayed um the storytelling that you wrote and spoke uh mm-hmm. like how did you get connected with that artist
1: Um, She's a woman. She's a radical feminist, an Indian radical feminist. I bumped into her via Spinster, uh, the social media Ah, platform. mm -hmm. Um, But this happened almost a year ago, and we've since been in touch, and a lot of things happened in her life, a lot of things happened in mine, and we've constantly Mm -hmm. talked about how it would be so amazing to work with each other on a project that's close to our heart, and this happened, and I knew from the get-go I had to have her on, and this is both our film. And the cool thing about her is, um, obviously, she can't not be anonymous because she's got this other life, like most of us, um, she lives this double life, unfortunately. Um, but the cool thing about her is she's also a friend and she knows quite a deal about me. Ah. And, and we've had conversations uh, about my life, even outside of you know, the context of the film and everything. And she's seen some of my pictures when I was young. We, mm-hmm. I, I just shared it with her for funsies, you know, to just say, see, was just, such a chubby baby, just yeah. look at me,
2: look <laughs> at my
1: hair. It's like, it's like so frizzy and all over the place. And but somehow she captured all the essence of my childhood picture in not just the face or if you think about it, it's a very minimalistic animation. Mm-hmm. But despite that, she managed to capture a lot of emotion and even to the extent of how a child that would look like that might run because she couldn't have possibly seen it. And yet in every chapter in the beginning, you see this little girl running. I don't know. It was, it was, she's so full of surprises. And every time she sends me something for me to check and bet and, you know, give her feedback, I take a few minutes. I'm like, dude,
0: I mean, that's that's the emotion I got. got. Oh, oh, why is there an echo? That's weird. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, I love the minimalistic approach. It's, you know, you don't need a lot of color or to be very descriptive with colors and setting the scene. It, and in in a lot of ways, less color and less distraction is much more powerful in film like that. And I just watched uh, some of it again yesterday just to get a refresher and it's just crazy i was like how can this person I, it makes sense to me now that you had a close relationship with this person because it was so it seemed to be so on point um and again i don't now i know that you approved it and was even impressed with it but it was so amazing and i would watch an entire film with just that animation obviously um yeah. god it was so emotional might, the la-
1: might just happen it might oh. just happen
0: <laughs> I, 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 was, I was gonna get to that question like oh do you have any projects coming up uh, I, the one part that I cried at the uh, the film was the end when the little girl um, turned to the camera and was like, where the hell were you during just, you know, anything and everything. And God, I don't know why. It's just one of those things that, like, I mean, I was bawling. It just struck a, just, I don't know, that emotional chord. I'm an emotional person, but I just find that so interesting that that's the one that, yeah, I guess it speaks to my feeling about all this of people not seeing really what's going on or maybe obviously understanding it. And, uh, you know, I know I'm not alone with that feeling of where, where are these people? Like, how can we be the only ones? And it seems to be like women that have been through trauma or rape and horrible things are the most like outspoken, like you and I. Um, so I'm like, God, does does it have to come to women being abused to being this awake? I don't know. It's just a thought I had.
1: It's true. What you're idea. saying is true. That's just that spot uh, made me cry many times too. Because uh, it's funny because it, it, those that's why, my voice and that's my idea and it's something that I've seen over and over and over again. And yet during different parts of the post production, right when I was doing the recording, the voiceover, and when we were going over the voiceover recording to see if we can give it some echo and things like that, every time I choked every God. single time I show it's I think it stems from the fact that we all share this urgent fear about the future for the children the girls especially it doesn't matter what our age is now we're probably not you know not even like old old for us to think about the next generation per se but I'm just terrified for younger girls given given what's uh, what's being given to them as, 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 you know, as empowerment and things like that. So it freaks me out. And the only other part that made me really choke was the uh, the final part where, you know, if, if, if I could go back in time, I would tell my younger self that it is amazing to be a girl, and I would hug her. I'm not maternal at all. I, I really don't do well with kids. I mean, I I, I can engage them. I, I'm funny. I can engage them. I'll be like this great aunt or something. Uh-huh. But, but you have I to give them back to the mom.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know the exact know the feeling. Exact- yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm distracted. There's a freaking echo. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I just thought it was obviously amazing. Um. I just can't imagine having to go through that again and having to edit it, like, like you're saying. I don't know. I'm just kind of running through my head right now. Um, I guess that question already been answered. I, I mean, did you give the artist a little freedom? Like that was their idea. Obviously you guys talked and that was, they they brought you the, um, I guess, animation or uh, panels and you approved mm-hmm. it. you basically answered yeah, all the so questions really.
1: No, 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 I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the process. I'm a very, um, I, I, I work with the artist a lot, but at the same time, I'm a very generous director. I'd like to leave the artist alone um, and at the same time, I have very specific requests. Yeah, if something doesn't work out, I have very, very specific requests. And my animator and I, we, we struck a chord. And I think after a few rounds of back and forth, I think she exactly figured out what I needed. Uh, I must also admit that she and I, if we got together and we had the luxury of time, the things that we can produce will be of a quality that would surprise us, that would surpass us because I think we have that potential as a team. Um, and it helps that she's a radical feminist and she's from India. So the things that I say to her are not hearsay. She's not heard about it from somebody. Maybe she's experienced it herself. So there were little things that I wanted, very, very specific things, because I also wanted this to have a part of me in it. Um, yeah, and that definitely other, came through. Yeah. yeah, but other than that, I mean, she, she Perceived the wise over the wise over text was ready. That's the base with which we were working so the Mm wise over text she sort of perceived it and made it her own and brought out certain aspects that Was just wow for me But then other than that, you know the usual back and forth, you know Just certain things that you want to tinker because it will work. It will not work and Those kind of things but other than that working with her is like a dream.
0: That's amazing. It clearly showed. And it I should. find that with find that. a lot of creative projects when there's two people that are, um, really like understanding the premise and it just emotionally and spiritually charged. I really find these kind of things kind of create themselves. And then it, it gets to a point where it's, it's done and you look back and you're like amazed at it. And how did that happen? And, um, it's just, that's just, I lo- that's why also why I love art where it seems to be like sometimes things outside source or spirit like takes over and, just gets it done um that's it's just what I find with films that I love where I'm like I just I'm, I have to guess or imagine that the team that did the film all understood what they were doing they all got along and they all respected each other um that's just it, there's no way if a good film that um really speaks to people can't have that really what are some of your favorite films growing up like what films spoke to you and what kind of films you, did you or do you like to watch I'm so curious
1: Oh, um we we didn't have cable for the longest period of my life. Um, we had a TV and we had two national channels and that barely played much of you know, children, children um, stuff. Um, there were a few programs that we would look forward to every Friday because Friday, uh, I mean, because there's a weekend and no school um so friday's we'll have a lot of these movie songs and some cartoons and all of that so from 4 p.m. on i'd be glued to the tv hoping that you know the connection will be good and we get to watch something but movies per se to be very honest with you i've been a very creative person i've been on stage for years and i've and i've read all kinds of children's indian children's books growing up but films uh, is some sort of a, a, a bug that bit me much much later Mm. And when it did bite me, the kind of, and the amount of uh, films that I consumed went beyond Indian cinema or even Hollywood. I have watched films that I cannot pronounce. <laughs> I have watched uh, films in languages that I didn't know existed. Mm. For mm. example, when I was growing up, I, I, I mean, I, Greece, Greece has like a very under, uh, amazing film uh, industry and everything that I know now. But growing up, I remember watching a Greek film called A Dog's Tooth. Um, it's an extremely bizarre, abstract film. And it spoke to me because I kind of imagine my life to be like that, like a very bizarre, things don't make sense around you. There's something wrong, you can tell, but you just can't put your finger on it. That sort of a film. I mean, I, so I watched that and that made sense to me. So what I'm trying to say is, you know, this whole thing about growing up, always watching a film, or having some parent or somebody in the family having something to do artistic, uh, and that's what inspired you. All those things are probabilities, but there is also a good probability that you have had none of that, and you can, you know, just dive right in and, and make it your own. That's what happened to me. That's
0: and, super true, super.
1: True. Yeah, and and you name a language, I have seen a film. <laughs>
0: I definitely more uh, expansive than me. I, I try to watch a lot of films and I've always enjoyed them, but, um, yeah, let's see. Well, um, I don't know if you are available to talk about, uh, mental health and PTSD, cause I was reading some of your blogs to get a better feel for who you are and, um, just what you've written about and what your passions are and whatnot. Um, I don't know if you'd be open to talking about that. I'm just, I know what PTSD is. I've heard about it. I've dealt with depression myself. Um, but like, I, I guess I don't know quite the perfect question to ask. Um, well, one of my questions was, is, uh, if you can separate, like, what's, this is such a broad question. I, I know it is like, what is it like living in India as a woman, but then separate the depression and PTSD so I could get like a separate picture for how they are together. Does that make sense?
1: I guess um, because, because mental health is also considered to be, or rather mental illness is also mm-hmm. considered to be such an invisible thing. I think you can, you can remove an Indian woman from India, but you can never remove mental illness from her. Mm-hmm. You put her out anywhere and she's going to carry remnants of it because living in India in itself is a mental disorder for a woman. Um, some, of, some of the women could have gotten lucky, you know, growing up in a nice, you know, comforting, controlled, sort of an environment where there was, you know, hardly any uh, violence or anything like that happened to her. I know a few people like that. But that doesn't mean that their experience of navigating through the society outside of their home is just as um, protected as it would be in her house, right? So invariably, literally every woman that I know of, and even if I don't know them, I know that if I ask them this question, "Have you been sexually harassed by somebody in your lifetime?" The answer would be would be a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 thing about I don't want to I don't want to romanticize this whole depressing outlook about being a woman in India. You know, yeah, there are same. so many amazing things that women in India have done and achieved despite all our uh, impediments, all our drawbacks, and you know hurdles. But the, the the most saddest part about Indian women dealing with mental distress is they don't even know that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the population can't afford to spend some time out to deal with it
2: mm-hmm.
1: because they've got shit to get done. Yeah. You know, and I mean, it's a privilege to be able to understand what mental illness means and whether you suffer from it and to you know assess what you can do about it to make your life better all that all that is a privilege and i know that i suffer deeply from various types of mental disorders mental illnesses i have chronic insomnia to begin with i mean if i could if i could sleep for a peaceful 8 hours it terrifies me the thought of me getting a sleep of 8 hours a night terrifies me because in my head that is like An omen for something terrible that's gonna happen so for me this discomfort has become so familiar that i'd rather live and thrive in the discomfort because anything happy anything good anything healthy freaks me out wow this articulation i don't think anybody can you know offer because we don't we don't understand it like my mother wouldn't understand it Some some of my older cousins wouldn't understand it. And they probably are dealing with hundreds of them right this second, but they won't know to talk about it.
0: That's intense. Um, I think that applies to obviously everyone. And it's just, it is one of those things where you can only describe a situation so much to someone, but if they haven't been through it, they're just obviously not gonna know deeply and truly the essential of what you're explaining. And it's just, I find that to be a repetitive thing in society i see now with just so many things with any situation really um it's awful you know the lack of empathy or just the lack of uh taking your brain beyond what you're being told or beyond your understanding and just being like well i wonder what that could feel like i don't know not that i people have to understand it fully but i mean this is obviously broad statements of uh trans takeover stuff of like well what about women like it's just it blows my mind I, I don't I think it's just uh I feel like it's some sort of long-term brain like um subtle brainwashing of some sort um to reject your red flags and gut feelings about stuff um and I think that's a actually smart mechanism if they're gonna do it to you know, breed men to not have emotions and feelings because if you're able to have emotions and feelings about their own selves, I think obviously you'd be able to understand and see it in others. It's it goes right in line with what I just said about not truly understanding a situation and about um, someone because if you can't even feel that, how are you going to understand how someone's feeling or how someone how you made someone feel or whatever I'm talking about from the man stance? Obviously, and that's why it makes so much sense to me that men. <clears throat> graduate to these positions of high power or, you know, power in in any um, uh, thing that they do, really, because they've been bred to reject their emotions. So, of course, it'd be easier to not feel things and just do the uh, rising to the top tier and just smashing all the people down and just not caring about it. It makes so much sense to me. And women, I just don't understand why women are then, I guess, also not brainwashed or whatever you want to call it uh, to... Also not feel, because we're kind of the red fl- not the red flag, but the messing up their uh, plan, I guess, how to put it. If we do feel, like, they're just probably just buzzing flies to men, uh, feeling things, being humans. So it's weird, like, their bread that's bred out of them, but why wasn't it bred out of us? I guess because we have to be nurturing to, th- I don't know, it just...
1: They, it's true. Yeah. What you're saying is true. All the things that you're saying is true.
0: Enjoying the show? Show your appreciation by supporting my work by becoming a patron on my Patreon. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash distorted lens and choose a tier. You can also leave a donation directly to my PayPal. Head over to my website, lindsayplatotionart.com. Click on the distorted lens podcast link on the top header and click the PayPal button to show your support. Help me continue to bring you creative endeavors and truths each and every week. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for your continued support. now, Back to the show.
1: I mean, I think women are constantly being told to and not to do a thing constantly. Mm -hmm. So you're supposed to be emotional. And that's what mothers do. That emotion is what makes you a good mother. And at the same time, you get accused for being over emotional. It's the same for, you know, um, saying that you have to be driven you have to be ambitious and courageous for you to face this horrible patriarchal misogynistic world and at the same time you can't just be too courageous you'll be you'll be getting in a lot of trouble be like other girls just just do enough Uh, do do the due diligence you know cover your body enough and despite that if there is a problem look for a male to help but just don't you know venture in your own path and uh, try and figure things out it's the same for everything you can aspire to do something but you can't aspire too much you can you have to be feminine but you can't be too feminine you have to like something but at the same time you can't like something too much so this constant feeding of things in this dichotomous manner confuses the living daylights out of women yes it is probably also why many of many of the women from our mothers generation wouldn't wouldn't dare leave their abusive uh, um weddings of abusive marriages because they are constantly being told to endure it as well as resist it by their parents by the society and things like but 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 at your age i mean in the 80s in the in the 90s how can you come away and live by yourself what's going to happen to your children and this is an indian conservative society we're talking about well, what will people say how will your children grow who, when people ask you who your children's father is what are you going to say all kinds of weird things and at the same time while you're in the while you're in the marriage and when your husband abuses you they're also telling you to tolerate it because there is always something that's far worse than what you're mm-hmm. going through mm-hmm. they'll constantly dumb your agony your drama down because there's always somebody some woman who got killed but at least be glad that you're not killed that you're you're only bruised your jaw is broken your you know arms dislocated that's fine but you're not dead and this scale is is a constantly moving scale you know Mm -hmm. Um, and it will change circumstances based on every single woman and that's what's so uh, 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 so intriguing about this whole um, this whole what's the word, mind trickery, some wizardry uh, with regards to the transgenderism, you know? Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. On the one hand, when men can continue to remain without, without any emotion and that's why they're able to sort of stomp all over you and, you know, carry on upwards, women are taught the exact opposite. Women are taught to be so emotional that they are happy to give away their own rights to some guy with no emotion but is claiming to be female. So wow. it's like a it's like a double-edged sword, you know. You 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 live with it. And you, it's a rock and a hard place.
0: Yeah, exactly. It just kind of baffles my mind, and it's one of those things that I, I was not able to grasp and understand fully until I became a feminist. uh, Whatever you want to call me, Radfem, um, in November last year. Like I'm super new, but you know, it's just been awful and very eye-opening. Obviously, just every day seeing all this crap literally every day um and i also think that's why feminism was so scary and like icky and smelly to me because of movies or cartoons or whatever i know i've talked about this before but it's still relevant um i think that was obviously on purpose to make women believe that feminists are annoying and like uh too opinionated and just like naggy like oh i don't well i don't want to be that ew so i literally had this aversion to it and I finally, you know, jumped in and just was like, what is this all about? Like, let, let, let's just go. Finally, let's just get this over with. I'm like, or whatever, look into it. And I was amazed. And I was like, it was just such a, uh, I guess, good shock to be like that. Well, of course, they would breathe that into women. Be Like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to talk to other women. It, no, it, because obviously, for women to find their, like, I, and I'm not going to say magic, but if it does feel like magic, intuitive I feel like it's a woman thing, intuitiveness, or just being able to, like, see things. um, And maybe that does deal with the emotion thing, because I'm not trying to be like, I'm better because I'm a woman and we can see things clearer um, or discern things. It's not what I'm talking about. But I just also find that, yeah, if you don't tap into your femaleness as a a woman female, adult human female, uh, then you are going to slip up and not see what all this trans bullshit is for what it really is i think it's going to be much easier to be a fool or just um ride along with it and, and be kind and trapped in the wrong body utter crap um it's just it's wild
1: yeah it is it is um i'm i'm writing a sort of a longish piece right now a text text piece of prose um it sort of it started with like I want to do like a one page blog and then plug my film and then try and pitch it somewhere so that you know this, and any particular audience that has not seen the film mm-hmm. maybe would see it you know more word out the better right so mm-hmm. I was I started writing like a word I'm um, sorry a, a page and right now I'm on the seventh page <laughs>
2: <Keep
1: going. laughs> writing, about, <laughs> writing about something that doesn't seem to end. And this whole reference to transgenderism and my view of how things like being female has sort of completely transformed me uh, into how I look at life right now, being a female. It is so depressing. You wake up, and what, like, (laughs) what the fuck to do today, you know, get on your computer, write about this, speak about it, talk to more women, rally them together, explain to them how grave the situation is, mm-hmm. be a fucking idiot, because not everybody's going to understand what you're saying. You do that over and over and over again. I, the other day, I was speaking to like a slightly older feminist, you know, a lesbian mm-hmm. feminist uh, from Canada. She's, she's a lovely woman. Her name is Tam. We were talking, and she was talking about how she spent about five decades Working for um, you know women empowerment and trying try to emancipate women from the patriarchal shackles and everything. And I was as I was talking to her, I realized, man, I'm talking to a woman who spent an entire lifetime for this one cause. And to me, at that point in time, briefly, it struck me that I think I'm going to spend an entire lifetime doing this too, because I don't see light at the end of the tunnel yet. Way out, you know. Yeah. But but the whole the whole this whole lifetime of trying to ask for basic rights, I don't think uh, we've been dealt with the with the right pair of my right set of cards at all, actually. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah. Ahead. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I think once yeah, you become a feminist and uh, you're active and whatever you do, I think you do come to the realization of, well, I guess I'm in this for. Till the day I die, because, yeah, I, I it's just, I, I'm I a pessimistic person, but this, this shit is so bad that I'm, like, forcing myself to try to see something light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm like, I think we're fucked, like, straight up. I think, I mean, I, I here I am, I'm just gonna be pessimistic straight up. I think we're screwed, and I keep comparing it to the movie uh, Equilibrium, where there's this underground society of people that are not the black and white, whatever, world... <laughs> And I'm like, well, that's my future and let's go, um, like transhumanism. I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised. Like shit is running really rapid with that. I think at a rate that we aren't even aware of. I mean, with most, uh, technology and I do mm. believe also the brainwashing thing, I've also said this before, but you know, if, if the, um, propaganda stuff was, I don't know if it like truly started in the twenties or the 1910 or whatever, um, one of the earliest ones, uh, God, I always forget that guy's name the father of propaganda no it's a i forget damn it i should have written it down. anyway um like if they've had it it's basically been like a hundred years of course they're gonna have levels of propaganda and mind manipulation where we're not able to spot it at all because we picked up on uh i guess propaganda i feel like the propaganda people realize like 10 years later or obviously after the fact but I'm like, well, with the internet, I think that's what's also making us really fucked because it's, I think it's sped it up at alarming rates. That uh, Clearly, the people that have made these apps, so they say, didn't expect it to go this way. Um, so I'm like, well, it's truly a fucking snowball gathering more snow down the hill. You're not going to stop that. So that's why I think we're screwed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. I mean, a few days ago,
1: somebody on, sorry, a few days ago, oh, somebody no, on Twitter Twitter was talking about um, how things are bleak and grave and how majority of us are constantly talking about how we're not gonna see a single win during our lifetime. Um, Somebody else had also talked about how, at least now, a lot of us are feeling that together. Mm -hmm. A lot of us are feeling like the future is looking bleak. Earlier, we didn't even have that. Um, The future is looking bleak, no doubt. But now the number of people realizing that, uh, from the sex-based rights point of view, the number is increasing. And I think that's one tiny win that we have. Mm-hmm. We, we're, we're galvanizing, right? Globally, we're coming together. Um, we, we are somehow in, 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 our, in our really weird, you know, fisting the air, kind of a way. We are throwing some tantrum. We are creating some noise. We just mm-hmm. trying doing something, man, to 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 make Sorry. us the uh, heard. So I think I am I am a dead pessimistic person. I mean, I mean, I am people people can truly get depressed. Just talking <laughs> to me, I'm such a pessimistic mm-hmm. person. <laughs> yeah. But but this is the truth. We 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 are all there. We're all talking about it. And we're all constantly trying to get more people to talk about it. I think that's the plus. Uh, And eventually, like all historic events in the past, the universe will have to regress to some average. Mm -hmm. It's just that we don't know when that'll be. And we don't know how steep down we're going to go before we get to the average. Because I fear that what we're facing right now is barely even the beginning of bad yeah I think yeah. things are about to get pretty bad and the number of people that are assisting are also going to go on increasing and increasing because more people will start seeing this bullshit for what it is mm-hmm. and more people will resist it. So it's gonna be like a tug of war um, with with some very minimal resistance and it's only from us radical feminist gender critical women um, and we're up against what giants but at least we are providing that resistance
0: yeah. Well said. I mean, you just said you're I'm pessimistic. pessimistic. I'm like that was I'm pretty like, optimistic, optimistic to me. To me. Hey, <laughs> I welcome that because it that kind of optimism is at least to me feels very
1: realistic. Yeah, that my pessimism drives me. To be honest, mm-hmm. it's not optimism. I'm not thinking, oh, I'm tomorrow's going to be better, so today I'm going to fight for it. No, tomorrow's going to be shit. So I'm going <laughs> to try and put up with it as much as I can today. Just realistic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely realistic. And to a point that I'm antagonizing to anybody that's even shedding a bit of optimism. I'm like, okay, okay, all your positive thoughts, thoughts, and prayers and shit, it's great. You can have it. They do <laughs> nothing to me. Um, let me just, you know, thrive in this whole cesspool of how horrible really things are and try and work my way out. That's just my policy. Because it's easier. It's easier. You, you're already down you know you how further down you can go but if you're there somewhere you know you know in a denial on an ignorant stage mm-hmm. that's what's gonna hurt
0: yeah reality is gonna smack you in the face i mean yeah. i've had with my mom you know i tell her and i know all this stuff is so overwhelming and extremely disturbing on levels people just have no idea and i try to tell her just kind of word vomit stuff about the I hate using, uh, I just have this conflict constantly of like not using, not wanting to use transgender terminology, but I I, I have to use it because it's currently happening. I just, I don't like to use it because it obviously perpetuates their ideology, but I'm not going to ignore reality and not state what it is. Um, But just, you know, talking about transgender stuff to my mother and, you know, I I, I don't really hold back, obviously. And she just gets to a point after me saying like four short snippets of, oh, stop, I can't, like i know she has like her own trauma or and like i can obviously respect that and understand that and not keep going but then i'm like i just still obviously have that urgency of like i know it sucks Do you think i enjoy this shit like it's every day um and i'm not like blaming her it's not that but it's also just a frustration of like oh god i know all right i'll start again yeah. some other time
1: but no like... but the mothers the mothers right um you know, um, I'm sure you're very, very younger than me, but uh, I'm 35.
0: Um, <laughs> I'm older than you. <laughs> okay. okay, sorry, that was funny. Uh, right.
1: Well, you know, w- but then if I can just sort of generalize, our mothers, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Our mothers—they're—they as as da- dangerously bizarre. This whole thing is. They're also the kind of people that that form the majority of the world. You know, the people mm-hmm. that are not affected by it. Who don't buy it. Like when yeah. I made my mother watch Dysphoric after I after I finished it, she was the first person who watched it on TV. Oh, wow. Um, she watched it and she asked me a lot of questions. But the entire time she she watched it, she heard all these experts talk, she heard the detransitional stuff, she heard the feminist talk, she heard it, she heard everything and she finished it. She watched the last part, she choked up, and then we stopped and then we looked at each other and she looked like she had a lot of questions. And I said, Okay, shoot. She just said but how? But how, she means, but how can girls be boys? <laughs> that's how the majority of the world thinks. You can't do that.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, that's just so simple in her head. You're, you're male or you're female. And that is somehow a little heartening to me because the number of people that we ought to make, see, make them see the light is probably a lot lesser than we think. hmm you know yep. and and the, the the people that are refusing to see the light those are going to be the hardest to deal with
0: oh yeah i think you're so correct on that i went home recently and talked to my family and i've always felt like i didn't get along with my family because i was like the weird child or i don't know so it's just my own personal like oh my family doesn't like me i don't want to go back and visit but then i got over that with my own therapy uh last year or two years ago and it's been amazing so this recent trip home was just incredible like completely different I don't remember uh the last time well it's never been like that I can say that because I the triggers popped up and I saw them and was like this is a trigger she didn't hear you she's not ignoring you it's okay or if there's a situation where like it's just like family weirdness I'm like well I'm going to excuse myself and walk out of the room it's just like, I'm an adult now. I can figure this shit out. Yes, the triggers are still there. Yes, there's stuff that is really gets to my, you know, childhood shit. That's gonna always happen, but I can now deal with it. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, well, I've been basically been able to connect with my family you know, I have uh, five siblings, family, you know, six kids total. Uh, my oldest siblings, I'm like, I barely, I don't even know them. Like, I don't know if it's a generation gap or they see me as a weirdo. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Um, but I've been able to connect with like my brother about this. My brother's very quiet, and uh, I don't know. It's not like we, it's not that like we didn't get along. It's just we didn't have a personal uh, friendship. But it, for us to even like talk to each other and him be like, look at this, like a funny cartoon thing. Granted, they're very conservative uh, Southern Baptist people, but but I'm like, I don't even care because I don't care what you are, you know, your religion or your who you voted for. It's really honestly not about that. This is about basic. Biology and science, and like they're they really like peak themselves. Um, and obviously, peaking <laughs> means coming to and being like what your mom did, really. Uh, a boy can't become a girl, a girl can't become a boy. So, I i think you're completely correct on that. Um, yeah. where I think most of the I don't know, I guess I'll just speak for America where they're just like, that's that's stupid. What are you talking about? Um, so th- that's what was my earlier thoughts about all this when I started investigating all this. Um, where I'm like, well, okay, I think it's just crap on Twitter, and, like, that's just a lot of awkward teens and people that like to be rebellious and whatnot on Twitter and the internet, but then I see all this shit happen in real life, like, Biden's EO, or laws, a DSM, like, uh, schools, where I'm like, wait, wait a minute, this is, like, this is real. It's such a confusing thing, because I'm like, I don't even know what, which schools are, um, having this indoctrination, or just, you know, I don't know, throwing crap in the stew. Um, Mm -hmm. It's confusing in the sense of, I guess, like I can't get really, I, I can't get a grasp for how widespread it is, at least in America. I know it's really widespread, in the, you know, around the world and to points where I'm like, it's just dangerous, obviously. Um, any of it for it to be exist anywhere. Um, I don't know. I just think it's just probably one of those things we have to sit back and watch. Uh, I don't know, see how much it yeah. does go on for? How many, I, I just, how can this exist for so long though? I mean, for, I don't know, I predicted just to run a number 10 years uh, for people to maybe wake up or I don't know until what. Um, how no, they this would, exist? but the,
1: but, the, but the resistance from the big players would also increase, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they'll try and, so it's like you go online, every day you see a new thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Every day there is a new thing that you cannot say. Um, Few days ago, uh, a few months ago, it was vagina. uh, A month before that was periods, and now you can't call trans woman a trans woman because apparently that's transphobic. So every day there's there's like a new kind of distraction that they want you to focus on that Mm -hmm, they want mm -hmm. you to hyper focus on, so that there are other things that are happening in the background. This is what magicians do. (laughs) I mean, they create illusions. They hand something to you in front of you, so you see the hand, but the real trick is happening somewhere else. You know, the number of animation movies that we grew up watching would tell you that, and this is kind of like that. It's sort of disillusioning me into believing something is happening in X place, but really something far more devious is happening everywhere else. So that's what I think on an everyday basis, some new corporation would trigger some sort of a shitstorm online. And we're all hyper-focusing on that. And But in the meantime, they probably have signed something with, I don't know, UN Women, maybe, to do a corporate social responsibility project. Um, I don't know if you're familiar that uh, Women's Human Rights Campaign, the WHRC, was mm-hmm. with, the, um, uh, with this event that UN conducted uh, earlier the weekend, during the weekend. It was a month-long event. Um, offline it would have happened in New York and it's a big deal every year in March it's a big deal
2: Mm.
1: thousands of women from around the world flock to this particular space to talk Mm. about women right and WHRC was perhaps the only booth like online virtual booth that talked about women's sex-based rights and challenged gender identity ideology they got booted out they got booted out multiple times. The many users that were constantly on other boots, trying to challenge the gender identity people when a trans person was talking about how men should be in women's sports, individually, they were all getting booted up. See how on an institutional level, we are getting sold out. Um, if you and women are gonna do something like this, um, well, there is very little you can expect from you know your corner shop selling menstrual products feminine hygiene products you're not even supposed to call it feminine now you're just going to be like uh, hygiene products or something you're not supposed to say the word
0: (laughs) oh my god yeah god I, i i don't is that like an intentional thing that they're distracting you you know people obviously i feel like this pandemic is playing into their cards and i don't think it's convenient that at least to me the transgender empire and uh movement has really um the, i feel like the floodgates opened while people were uh stuck are i guess were pfft, are stuck indoors and st- sucked in on their computers and phones even more so um i don't think that's uh that's just my own personal belief this is not about like conspiracy shit. i'm not here to really talk about that i mean we can but um I don't know, it's just too much weird shit, honestly, where I'm like, well, that's so convenient for the, you know, for kids to be on their computers and phones and whoopsie indoctrinated. Although I have heard the opposite where um, I interviewed someone that was like a, involved the teachers in Virginia where the kids uh, are now at home, but it was a benefit because the kids weren't being indoctrinated in the schools. And I was like, well, that's good, awesome, unexpected. I'm just like, you know, a lot of women now are like, do I even want to have a kid? Like, why the fuck would I have a kid? Um, and I'm just like of the stance of fuck it. Like, when has it been great for women? I don't know. i like, I'm just, I don't want this shit to like, stop me from doing what I want to do. I'm not like a mommy, you know, matronly woman either, but you know, I would like to have a kid. I'm just not going to let this fear. I'm not going to let their fear stuff seep into to me. And I mean, that's what they want. I mean, that's what they've I think like that, what they've been wanting to do this entire time instilling fear in people just go along with it, be nice, uh, be nice. And now do as I say. So yeah, I'm obviously it's gonna be tough. I have no idea how to navigate. Um, even before all this went down, at least to me, seeing it and understanding it. Like I was always like, how the fuck am I going to raise a kid with uh the internet existing and cell phones and then being jealous that their friend has a cell phone or whatever i'm going to be like the uncool not fun mom or and dad of like you can't fucking have that like how do you it's impossible to explain to youth about cuz i was trying to explain to my niece recently like why she doesn't have tiktok and i'm like oh god i can't even i mean she's uh, in 8th grade but i'm like i'm not your mom i don't know how to navigate this i can't tell you the true horrors of tiktok but i'm just like <laughs> I promise you it's for your protection. I know that's probably what I feel like, cause I'm not her mom and she finds me to be the cool aunt that she does, she, it you does get into that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I've, that's also been another amazing thing about going home and connecting with my nieces and nephews. Cause before I was like, I don't care about them. Uh, but now I've found this beautiful opportunity mm-hmm to speak into them and boy did I and it was amazing because I do look like the I am the cool aunt that wasn't on purpose either it was not intentional I just am cool I'm just kidding <laughs> it just happened <laughs> like that but the, I, that is such a wonderful opportunity for someone that they look up to to tell them the truth uh before I left uh one of my nieces I was like there's only male and there's only female if anyone tries to convince you of otherwise it's not true it's sex not gender and she was like It was just adorable, and I know, it's just one of those things where I feel like I have an awesome purpose now, because I've lived my life of like, what am I supposed to be doing, and wildly flailing, and trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do, and I've done all sorts of weird, crazy jobs, um, and I feel like, I'm like, ah, I just feel like this is it, um, even though it may not be a name, I don't know, advocate for free speech, whatever you want to call it, it feels amazing just to get to a point where i'm just speaking my mind and i'm at a place where i'm not working in academia or 9 to 5 where i already my first podcast episode was called uh, already canceled like i canceled myself it's just a joke like um i don't give a shit it's so dumb i like, like it <laughs> yeah i could care less and i i feel like it's i have to do this it would be it would be so embarrassing and such an uh ashamed um if i didn't do this because because I can so and a lot of a lot of people cannot like most people can't speak out because of their jobs uh their community their family whatever what have you so I'm like this is something that I don't have a, a choice and it's not that I'm like oh man I mean yes there are times where I'm like oh but it I I wouldn't change this for the world it's I I'm like this is and it makes sense to me I am I don't mind speaking my mind and being loud or whatever ruffling feathers I don't give a shit yeah. it's the truth what's wrong with speaking the truth
1: no, absolutely nothing. Uh, this this whole paranoia about bringing a child into this world, I mean, this mm-hmm. paranoia has existed for a very long time. Yeah. Now it's the trance and the internet and everything. Before it was, you know, just yeah. sickness yeah. and diseases and mm-hmm. poverty and depravity. And later on it was climate change. And to, to, there's this really wonderful uh, articles written by some of the most prominent envi- environmentalists um i forget her name but maybe i can tell you later and you could include yeah. a link or something yes, please. Um, she talked about how to uh, look forward to motherhood um in a world that is collapsing in itself mm. hmm. you know in a future that looks so bleak how can you potentially bring a child in knowing that you probably will not be there when she is say 30 and she's got to be there in this world all by herself having to navigate all the horrors and you you can't do anything even if you are alive you can't help her you know mm-hmm. so there are there are these you know thoughts about uh, bringing a child into this world but that has been i think a, a permanent fear for people i mean mm-hmm. for some people i mean there are people that just you know reproduce Without a care I mean in in mm-hmm. India especially I mean I wish people would use contraception, but that's mm-hmm. a topic for another time but um, You know we 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 are punished for both having and not having children mm-hmm. um, In in India in the state that I'm in it's called Tamil Nadu in Tamil Nadu uh, your emergency contraceptive pills right the one that you have morning after um, for no reason they had banned it. Well, for a reason, moral reason, they had banned it. Um, but you know, if you if you if you probably had like a prescription from a gynecologist, you could get it. But it's an over-the-counter drug. You're not supposed to need a prescription for it. Mm-hmm. So they had this moral ban. And a few few years ago, I had worked to lift that. But it is still not available though they still make excuses that it's an out of stock and things like that hmm. so i'm just thinking you force women into having children by making contraception and abortion reproductive rights so difficult to obtain and at the same time you punish her if she is either choosing not to or is unable to bear children so like i said before you're gonna be punished for both doing and not doing something at the same time and this is like the most master manipulation that the world has sort of learned and picked on our sex class to oppress and this is how they succeed because till the day you die you will never be sure what was your life about did you did you have a good life or did you not you you don't know because the whole world tells you both things at the same time so which one is it (laughs) So so when I talk to my mother, I'm asking her, you know, how do you feel about your life? She's like, I've got two kids, you're all doing well. I'm very happy that you have this aspect in you where you want to do good and yada, yada, whatever. Um, But I ask her, how does she feel about her life? You know, outside of us, just as her. Mm -hmm. She says, I don't know. I, I can't understand that question. Wow. Because her entire life has had, some sort of a bearing on us you know uh, when she had us she gave herself up for us mm-hmm. and from that point on we have been the reason why she's alive uh, enduring all kinds of abuse and all of that so it's a it's an extremely difficult time for women to be alive but when we think about it it has been extremely difficult time for women to be alive regardless of what the evil that we're facing you know it could be our mother, it could be our grandma, it could be us, it could be our next generation. But women, until we sort of really topple patriarchy and really find ourselves in every leadership position possible and have some sense in us to position women based on her sex and not gender <laughs> at the forefront, mm-hmm. I don't think, um, you know, things are about to change. It's going to get worse and worse and worse and then perhaps someday it will
0: yeah that's wonderful i i have to agree that sounds yeah i mean that's why i've been like this can only go so far something so crazy before it you know topples over and i don't know reality is like hello um let's see i had a question from a friend she said what do western liberal women need to know about how gender ideology is affecting the global majority of women and girls and she said western women don't understand how harmful the ideology of disembodiment is for the global majority um for women and girls i was like that was a good question
1: sure of course um i mean there are very very different aspects of looking at it you know from if you If you pick the vantage point of a particular crime against a woman, you know, take Mm -hmm. female genital mutilation, for example. You know, the way gender identity ideology is trying to underplay the harms of female genital mutilation is by reclaiming the word genital, I mean, uh, female, from the FGM uh, aspect Mm -hmm. of it. That's one way of looking at it. And how many countries... um, How many countries are plagued by FGM, I have lost count. It's there in India as well, even though the officials are denying that it is an actual official um, crisis that uh, Muslim women face, but they don't want to admit it because they want to maintain that there aren't um, any such social evils happening. But if you remove, uh, or if you underplay, or if you dim down a particular violence against a woman, you're basically making two things, um, rendering two things as true. One is that it's, first of all, not important enough. And two, you are disallowing any uh, any any voice in support of it, or rather uh, any voice against it. So for example, in female genital mutilation, if this whole gender identity people are like, oh, FGM people are like, oh, no, um, please, please don't cut us. And trans people are like, oh, no, but we want us to be cut. So female genital people, female genital mutilation people, just please be quiet. Oh um, that's what's happening. The The second aspect of it that I was trying to get to is when we resist that, mm-hmm. them being so butthurt about it, this allows us from resisting. So when Hebo Wadre, who's mm-hmm. like a pioneering... Um, You know, advocate for female genital mutilation, against female genital mutilation. Mm -hmm. The other day, trans rights activists sort of hounded her for saying, well, such a thing doesn't exist, but by constantly saying FGM, FGM, ban FGM, you are denying us our basic rights and you're literally killing trans people. She did resist, and so did so many people, but by sort of portraying their calamity or their crisis to be far more superior than the actual grave danger that young girls face in the muslim community you're making it unimportant and you're making it impossible for me to resist your uh, oppression and that's true for the female genital mutilation that's true for the caste system that's true for prostitution that's true for trafficking uh, there is uh, there is this entire uh, lobby in india where the trans-identified males who resort to prostitution as work has lobbied with a bunch of non-governmental organizations from around the world and is now resisting an act that is supposed to be for protecting girls and women that are getting trafficked into prostitution so the trans-identified males claim that if this act gets passed They can't do their work because they will also be assumed to be trafficked. So you make your concern so huge that you make somebody else's concern not so important at all. And when you resist it, they have created such a huge wreck already Mm -hmm. that any resistance from us would seem super futile so i think these are just a couple of examples that uh, uh, you know i want to say when we think about uh, the global south that the west sometimes might might it's not like they're not aware but sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't come to mind you know yeah. i'm in india and i know that the number of girls that get trafficked into prostitution is far more in nepal but when i'm talking about prostitution and situation in india i'm not thinking about nepal exactly but I should be, because when we're talking about women, we're talking about all women from yeah. around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that aspect, I think, would be nice to keep in mind when we are when in the West, when women are talking about feminism, when we're talking about global feminism. I think it should be very, very important that we keep in mind you know, the other forms of evils that women have to navigate that would make it difficult for them to put gender identity as a priority. Mm-hmm. So, so in India, there is just caste is such a big uh, epidemic that when you go and talk to say a woman in uh, in a in the countryside, you mm. want to talk to her about women's sex-based rights, she's like, I, I don't I don't give a shit, because she's got ten other things that's mm. a you a bigger far bigger problem because of the caste that she was born into, that she doesn't have time yeah. to go fight with me for something that I'm privileged about, you know, that that I don't have to worry about her, the caste, the evils of caste, and I have the privilege to focus, hyper focus on sex based rights, but she can't do that. And I think this is a lesson for all of us across the hierarchy, you know, whenever we think of global feminism, we need to constantly keep in mind the women that do not have that voice or the women that do not have the potential to find sex based rights to be a priority at this point in her life. Yep. She might be raped, you know, she might be raped and the next morning she has to get up and go and work for the same employer. I can't even imagine living a life like that. And and she has to endure it by a mere stroke of luck because she was born into that family that is part of a social, abhorrent social system of the caste system. So it's not even her fault that she has to no. endure it, but to expect her to work with me, somebody who's more, far more privileged, to work for sex-based rights, is just fucking arrogant. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to we need to keep uh, keep our focus um, alive and thriving from various vantage points is what I'm trying to say. Women yeah. in, in Ghana, women in Sri Lanka, women in Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines, you know, everybody, all of us. got to think about what is so unique about a certain community or a certain diaspora that would make it difficult for us to work as uh, one unit for our emancipation as women because we've come here and we're talking about emancipating ourselves as women but they have to get past some 20 other hurdles to get where i am right now Mm -hmm. so we've got to help her get to where i am right now and then together we've got to move forward so that is why I think most of my fear—that uh, is where most of my fear comes from—because I fear that I might not even be able to bring my sister from there to where I am in my lifetime. Because that is how bad things are. I think that's like a nice way to look at global feminism in general. You know, to hold hands somehow, like not let go. To to like the last woman standing. Just put your hand out. Wait. Do something.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's so true. Very, very true. Um, God, the whole liberal feminism thing. Well, I think I heard briefly in one of your interviews that you were a liberal feminist and then you became a radical. What was, what was the one, I guess, straw that broke the camel's back thing, or I don't know if it was gradual or a one thing. Um, yeah.
1: Slow, slow and gradual movement and one snap. And I'll tell you, it's a very interesting story. My friend will be very happy. Um, (laughs) Uh, to hear it so so <clears throat> I, I mean from from a conservative house to a liberal feminist uh, uh, model i felt very liberated and i thought this was it it can't get better than this but the the the, the little problem points for me were you know porn and prostitution always mm-hmm. and also the way a certain community of people must look a certain way you know wear religion on their body or wear their caste on their body or you know in in ancient india there used to be something called the breast tax you know so people belonging to a certain caste, if they cover their breast they need to pay tax that's called the breast tax
3: so you cover your
1: breast yes because you're expected to walk naked Oh, because wow. uh, of your caste, you're not allowed to wear clothes. You're not allowed to look civilized. You're not allowed dignity. Okay, so there used to be a breast tax for this community of people. And in very, very far remote corners of this country, certain practices are still you know, rampant. You know, It's not gone away. Even though caste system is deemed unconstitutional, it's still rampant. Obviously, it's rampant. Um, um, I forget where I was going with this.
0: Uh, lipfem uh, lip to them uh,
1: him radical. Yes, yes, yeah. so yeah, so I know that these things happen, and I know that I just simply couldn't, you know, nod my head and go with the flow with what everybody was saying. Basically, what they were saying was everything was okay if mm-hmm. it is her choice. Now, the question is, how do you know that she has a choice in the matter? How can mm-hmm. you ascertain that she has a choice in the matter? So, those were like my little questions, but then I was too afraid. Uh, and I chickened out. I would never, like, I would keep it within myself. Like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Oh, I better not ask because, you know, the admin of this group might kick me out. But yep. I, I, I want to be in this group because if I leave this group, I have to go back to my conservative family and I don't want that. So that used to be the thing. And I also founded this community of female filmmakers um, called Women Making Films about uh, five, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I when I created it, yeah, it has members from about 19 countries when i created it i created it like as like a liberal feminist you know i in in the introduction it would say for women and everybody who identify as women please i judge myself enough do not judge me i'm <laughs> so, not
0: judging not at all not even remotely Mm-mm. nope
1: <laughs> yeah so i i wrote that and this friend of mine this male friend of mine was uh, was chatting with me and he said oh looks nice looks I mean he knows that i created this and we were just generally chatting about the upcoming events and things like that so he's like oh i went through the bio part of it it says identify as women do you mean men that's all he asked what do you mean identify as women are you talking about men um and of course of course i was implying men but i didn't want men in the community Mm -hmm. um i didn't i wanted it to be exclusively for females and When he asked me that question, you know how in science fiction movies, like this little camera will go into your brain, you'll see all this neural whatever networks and everything and then suddenly it'll come out and you're like, whoa, that (laughs) happened to me (laughs) when I was talking to him. He he just asked me that. And just, I think last month or something, jokingly, we dug up that part of our chat Mm. very, very early on and we looked at it and we laughed about it. He had moved on from many of the ideas that liberal feminists espouse. Mm-hmm. So he sort of distanced himself from that at a very early stage. When he when he started condemning it and challenging it and everything, I was reading it and whatever he said made sense. And then because of him, he then introduced me to a couple of groups that were talking something so radically different from the liberal feminists, what, mm-hmm. whatever the liberal feminists were saying. You know, about how the harms of prostitution and how you can never really um, predict choice and you know how porn is not empowering and there is no such thing as feminist porn and all of that I mean suddenly it was like my my I thought when I ventured into liberal feminism my world changed when I ventured into radical feminism I felt like i arrived Mm. I felt like this is where I was supposed to be man what it was like this minor detour Um, to liberal feminism. And then when I started reading all this, everything made sense. Everything. I mean, I did not have a single point of contention with anything. And this also sort of worked very well with the way my uh, approach to the caste system in India works too. Mm -hmm. I understand that the intersectionality that we need in feminism must involve the intersection of other social evils like the caste system. Mm -hmm. You know, like the religious oppression, like the fascism. Mm -hmm. And that is the kind of intersectionality that I was asked of. And radical feminism, reading, uh, reading Andrew at work and Sheila Jeffries and everything made me realize, um, even though they mention intersectionality in the Western sense, I could apply it to my country and other South Asian countries where we have all these very unique challenges. Mm-hmm. It just still seemed to work. And that's it. He he. My friend asked me if I meant men when I said identify as women and that's all he did and I was like an overnight radical feminist and from wow. there on it was just me trying to consume 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 a lot of stuff and just shut myself out from the world and just keep consuming because Same. like all things yeah because like all things you if you're espousing something and if you're gonna live your life a certain way with certain principles you got to be really sure you know, you've got to really thoroughly read and understand what it is that you're talking about. You can't just, you know, you know, just speak out of your I don't know somewhere else in the bottom. But you've mm-hmm. got to, you've got to, you've got to know what you're talking about. You've got to have. You can't some... just repeat cold speak. Yes, exactly. You can't just keep saying no. I'm saying uh, uh, I'm saying. Therefore, it's true. So you've got to just believe it. It doesn't work like that. Mm-mm. And I'm, I'm a very scientific person. I, 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 mm-hmm. I apply logic, I apply rationality to things. So when science says, we're not saying there is no God, we're just saying there is no proof of there being a God. Mm-hmm. Now that's something that I can get behind. I'm, I have never, I, I mean, I used to be a believer, but I have moved on from there and I'm able to look at the whole world in a completely different perspective because I know what religion is doing to women in my country.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and I, And I don't want that for women. I mean, mm. I know a lot of religious women and they are my friends and there are radical feminists who are religious, whatever. But mm. I personally can't see eye to eye with any religious practices at all. Mm. With that, I was able to correlate that with the, my radical feminists new, new, uh, uh, you know, this whole new thing that sort of just came onto me like that. Yeah. Everything made sense. And thankfully from there on, because I've had no iota of da- of doubt about all the things that it was saying, I have never looked back. And since then, I think my life has gotten a lot simpler, mm-hmm. no more walking over eggshells, no more worrying about which community that you're going to offend today. You're just going to offend one group, everybody that is not a woman. And this kind of activism is a lot more simpler to me, and a lot more easier, and a lot more effective. Yeah. Um, and And I think ever since I found radical feminism, i I, I have lived in the most um, honest self. And I'm truly grateful for it. I'm truly grateful for my friend for asking me that really bizarre question and just doing, <laughs> doing something to my brain. and
2: mm-hmm.
1: wow, ever since then it's like
2: um, freedom
1: yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I halved or something this huge boulder on my chest is just gone away I, it's like it was never there mm-hmm. it's so liberating that. and so yep. yeah i mean
0: <laughs> i mean I,
1: I, I wish i wish that for many women you know oh, i wish that oh. because this feeling is phenomenal i mean it's very lonely but it's phenomenal <laughs> yeah
0: yep. yep for men and women i mean it's just uh in terms of uh keeping true to reality yep. and what we've all known for decades and years about science and biology. It's just, yeah, it's that awesome feeling of, uh, you know, it was, again, circling back to the beginning of, I can't convince people of, you know, the freedom that just speaking the truth is. There's just so many people in fear. Even I've had a lot of men actually reach out to me in private messages being like, Hey, just so you know, like I agree with you or, you know, in response to, instagram story or something it's gone to a point where i kind of get pretty annoyed because i'm like so i'm sticking my neck out here and dealing with this shit daily because and you're but you're not and you're coming out to me it's just like like so insulting in a way and like you're afraid to talk about on your facebook because of uh some some people i mean how close are you to even to those some people the people that rejected me like i'm like acquaintances with um so i'm like bye and it was you know that wave of people i can't believe you oh my god are you serious not every trans identifying male is a pedophile or rapist i'm like i never said they were like not all of them it's just like it's not the fucking point. People are so... It was, that that hill those people died on was really bizarre. It was a story about the dad that raped his own child and went to prison is, and got like um, federal funding to transition or transfer Ooh. to women's prison. I was like, how can you... Why are you attacking me? You're not even addressing the damn story. All I said was just... I, all I posted was like, think about the ideology that you're supporting or wh- what is it you're supporting? I, that's all I said. And they just lashed out at me and, like, how oh, I'm a shitty artist and turf this, and I can't believe you. You're going against what you used to be uh, against, or uh, you're supporting what I used to be against. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I barely even knew that guy. These people are crazy. They just make up their own... I don't know. That was so upsetting. And I don't know. I, I, it's I get, it's one of the things I try to keep telling people where it's like, yeah, so get that first wave of people being crazy to you. And yeah, it is scary because I... When it happened i was like oh my god am i wrong it's just that um effect that comments have on social media where you know mm-hmm. it's why you shouldn't read them really uh even though it's really hard to do that but um you shouldn't read them because there is a sense that not that you fully believe them but there is, it can it does get to that point where you're like wait am i a bad person because people are saying this um so yeah i'm just like it's the first wave of people you'll get a couple of sprinkling after that but it's fucking worth it like it's just uh you know i've always been like opinionated or whatever or questioned everything highly skeptical about everything but this is like so different um and it is total freedom and i just yeah i would wish that i want everyone to have that it's so yeah. you know i can't convince them it sucks i'm like yeah, well, it's going to come to a day where it's going to affect you personally in, in one way or another. I I, I don't want to, I, I'm just like, I don't want to get to a point where I'm like, I told you so. I don't, I just, not, not, no, I'm waiting, uh-huh.
1: though. Oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> to, I told you so, the fuck out of this world.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Well, uh, yes, same. I mean, one, I guess one, I have some of that meaning.
1: <laughs> one more thing I wanted to say about, you know, these men sort of attacking you because you supported or you spoke against. Uh, how uh, this man was now getting money for transitioning himself and then going to women's prison. Yeah. Uh, I made a film before this on workplace sexual harassment. And one of my interviewees talked about how when a woman writes her experience on social media about what happened to her, mm-hmm. many men attack that woman, call her a liar, call her a whore, call her all kinds of things. It didn't happen. Yeah, that never happened. You're imagining you're horrible. They do that because when they read what that woman has written they are thinking oh my god i've done this to somebody else so i can't allow for this to be true or for this woman to be speaking the truth therefore i'm going to make it my mission to somehow make at least a hundred people believe that she's a liar Mm -hmm. that way my credibility will remain intact and the fact that i did something like this to some other woman will be justified, will be normalized. That is why all these people that attack us for not, you know, um, supporting transgender ideology mm-hmm. are in some way, in some form, invested in it. Mm, Otherwise, yep. why? Why would you have a problem if a woman is asking for her basic rights? Why?
3: Yeah.
1: I don't get it. You've you definitely got something in it, some ulterior motive in it. Just come out and say mm-hmm. what it is, and then we will talk about it
0: yeah that blew my mind um oh was so bizarre it's just like what how is speaking up for or standing for women's rights um how is that bigotry it's just it's so dumb it's so dumb i'm like you know it, it's just yeah one of those things that you do keep you know like i said the sprinklings of it you just learn to deal with it and it's just a repetitive pattern of language of bigot transphobe it's really boring i'm really bored it does not. If it it doesn't affect you anymore. Once you just keep it's the same shit. It's the same stuff over and over. Uh, I'm like, it truly is boring. Um, yeah, it is
1: now. I'm like, come up with something new, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: They don't have anything. They really don't. It's uh, actually kind of entertaining in a sense. Um, yeah, I don't know. Where did you have you have you had a sense of being rebellious mm. in your life in general? I mean, what is was your mom rebellious in any way, or was it just like? Mm obviously your surroundings that made you be like, fuck this, yeah. how
1: did you get
0: brave? <laughs> Stupid question. I don't know. Boring question, I'm sure.
1: No, it's just that uh, in India, I think for a majority of women, that is not an option. You've got to, you've got to get brave really quick. You've yeah. got to, yeah. you've got to figure out that your family member is in fact a child molester very, very, at a very young age. Mm. And that's what happened to me. I don't I don't think my mom was rebellious uh, I don't think anybody in my family was rebellious at all mm. um, I think I am and it's also why my entire family does not talk to me and is mm. in a way terrified of me mm. and I like that <laughs> I, I totally enjoy that power I have over them the, the way they're so scared of me um, but I think when you're on your own when your parents are working and when you have an abusive sort of a violent sort of a family there is very little you want to take to your parents as complaints
2: mm-hmm.
1: because they've got their own shit, and you learn that at a very young age I have fallen down I've been injured and I wouldn't tell my mom because she'll worry or I don't want to cause her another stress or something like that of course, I had my teenage tantrums. Of course, I was uh, really painful to live with. Of course, I did that. But I would still think that was nothing compared to a nice, protected house. Um, a, a girl in a nice, protected house would cost But I've, I've had a very, sort of a,
2: well, I mean,
1: uh, I don't want to sound very bizarre or anything but i've always lived my life as a third person i've, mm-hmm. I've watched myself grow up i've mm-hmm. watched myself achieve things i've watched myself weep i've watched myself laugh at friends i've lost I've watched mm-hmm. myself fall in love and get my heart broken mm-hmm. so i think i have also watched myself eventually get braver by the day mm-hmm. and now whatever i am I think is the version is a consolidation of all those experiences that I've had in my life. Yeah. There isn't a starting point per se, but um I would say that it was still very, very soon. A lot sooner than it should be. A lot mm. sooner than mm. um, what shall I say? There are say there are things that you shouldn't know as a child.
0: Yeah, you grew but fast doing. or something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And 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 that was not an option. Mm-hmm so yeah i think from that point on when it started pissing people off that means that there is some merit to it there's some value to it Mm
3: -hmm. and
1: it'll only it'll only piss people off when women do it and then there's more value to it
0: (laughs) yeah straight up um let's see i mean yeah we talked about that i talked about that i mean we talked about all my talking points um, if there's anything that you wanted to mention, I, I could talk to you forever. I feel like I should, I, it was hard for it's me, hard to, for me write to write down things. Exactly I don't want to be inappropriate. I am so clueless about Indian culture. Um, I did listen to your interview with, uh, object UK and that was mind blowing. I mean, I know it's hard for Indian women. Um, but I just, I had no clue. Like it's absolutely horrifying. It's shocking. And, um, I guess I'm not surprised, um, for whatever reason um uh, because men uh exist but my god it just i mean how would i find out about it you know not, i'm not going to learn this in school it's just one of those things where you have to like do your own research or i don't even know listen to someone a woman from india it's you're so I think it's, uh, true. it's
1: true it's mm-hmm. true for me too you know it's true for the the class that i was born mm-hmm. into immediately shields me from a lot of things that a majority of the women in this country go through. Mm-hmm. I probably don't have to go through ten things that a woman from a marginalized caste has to go through. Okay. I had access to education. We 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 grew up in we we didn't have a lot. We were not upper class. We did not have a lot. In fact we did not have much at all. Mm-hmm. But because of the privilege of caste, there were certain things that were easier for us even though we were not upper class.
0: Can you define uh, caste? I, I, I've heard you mention a couple of times and I think I know what it is, but just to be clear.
1: Yeah, so so you know class. Class is basically you know your financial status yeah. in a society and that basically defines where in the hierarchy you are. Mm-hmm. That's class. Mm-hmm. And caste is basically a social uh, hierarchical model mm-hmm. uh, that is very unique to South Asian countries where mm-hmm. purely by the chance of your birth, you... Mm-hmm become a certain caste depending on what caste your parents and their parents and their parents were Mm -hmm. okay so there are there are there are four different castes um there, there are the brahmins that is considered to be the top of the hierarchy the upper caste as they call it which i don't and then there is the shudras and the kshatriyas and then there is i'm sorry there is there is brahmins there is vaishyas There is Kshatriyas and then there is Shudras, okay? Mm -hmm. These are the four categories. Vaishyas are your traders, Kshatriyas are your warriors, and Shudras Mm -hmm. are the bottom most of the social hierarchy. And this is is a predominant practice within the Hindu religion. Mm -hmm. Although caste is practiced across other religions too, but this category is specifically from the hindu religion because it's it is it is believed that vishnu the god of the the god of the gods Mm -hmm. um and in from his part of the body like from the head came the brahmins Mm. uh, from the shoulder came the uh, you know the warriors from the thigh came the traders and from his foot came the shudras the shudras are the Bottommost most of the caste hierarchy and there is one that is outside of these four and they are called the untouchables They are lower literally? even then yes literally
0: Wow
1: Untouchability is still practiced in India So this is your caste now There are lower caste people who are upper class There are um, you know Ooh upper caste people who are pretty lower class, like I was, we, we didn't have a lot of money. So there are all kinds of permutation combinations. And money often trumps every other social uh, evil, obviously. Yeah. You have money, you can get away with a majority of things. Mm-hmm. But there are certain privileges that caste gives you. Like you walk into a room, you can sense the difference in the way they treat you. And say if you walk in with your friend a sister who's not from the same caste as you, you can feel the difference, it's it's palpable. Mm -hmm. So that's basically like a very broad uh, explanation to what it is. Yeah, thank Um, you. Because I I grew up in in an upper caste, um, I did not understand the reality of what it is like to be a woman from this marginalized caste until I started understanding the social inequities of the world. Of, mm. of our country of everything that I w- that was going around me there are a lot of people that condemn affirmative actions for people belonging to the marginalized communities and these are mostly people belonging to the upper caste they don't want reservation because they believe that we no longer oppress them mm. but the kind of oppression that we're talking about it has it dates back to centuries where there is a certain gene pool of people that are born with deficiencies Mm -hmm. okay because they did not have those things their forefathers did not have those things so the Mm -hmm. they genetically Mm -hmm. passed on and the children that came over from that gene pool is Mm -hmm. born with depravity how can you undo something so grave by pretending today well it's like saying i had my meal today so world hunger doesn't exist (laughs) It's like that, right? It's really bizarre and stupid. It's ignorant. It's Mm -hmm. it's fucking arrogant. Yes. So, I mean, so it took me some time to understand this. And my understanding right now is absolutely clear uh, as to what my position is in my society and what what I can do, cannot do. What I should do, shouldn't do. I, I know that. I understand that very well. But I came here after a lot of, introspection and learning and listening mm-hmm. to other women that's very very important and that's oh, yeah. something sometimes we lack in the movement when to shut up when to let somebody else talk and listen mm-hmm. and that's i think very important and i'm um,
0: huge it's huge
1: it is yeah but if we do that and if we consciously do that i think it will help our movement greatly
0: oh yeah How rare do you think think, uh, your, um, stance where you are and what you believe and just what you do is for women in your country? Like, I mean, you seem like an anomaly, like just a rare gem. Um, do you, are there other women that, you know, uh, like how is your safety? I don't know. I have so many questions. It's just like, what does that feel like? Like, I don't know. Knowing how, I guess, uh, I don't want to use the word rebellious, but not going along with the societal norm and really speaking out and doing what you're doing. I just don't know how it affects you in your personal life. Maybe COVID's helping you. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: Um, yeah, it is. It is pretty lonely. It affects you everywhere. It affects you in personal life, professional life, romantic mm-hmm. life. It affects you every, in, every, in yeah. every aspect of your life. It's not possible for me to fall in love very easily, mm-hmm. to, to yeah. just give you like a crude example. Because I, I cannot. I find hundred million faults in a person mm. because of my politics right now. Mm. And that's okay. Mm. And I will live with it. It's okay to be lonely and alone and you know, it's okay. But there are there are so many different little little things that you sort of go through in a daily life and that things that you take for granted when you were deny in, in denial of all these things, in denial of the realities of the world. Yeah. you can't do that anymore you can't speak to a a family member who supports a government that is misogynistic little things Mm -hmm. i will i will block that person i will yell at that person regardless of who what his age is i will call him horrible words horrible names i don't care i don't want his respect i i i want to be able to speak my truth Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean you end up picking a lot of fights, having a lot of enemies, very, very, very little but fucking amazing friends. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. you get by. What do you do? What can you do? Think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You just get by and until the day you die you live and whatever. Yep. That's just how my outlook to life has been. It's it's been like this for years now
0: yeah it is a, a definitely a lonely road and you know it's not easy losing friends i lost my best friend i mean we all have our stories uh people losing friends when they're like a 60 year old person that they've known for like 40 years um it doesn't ever get easier obviously but i had to drop my god it's just so funny how i always bring her up but it's always relevant um she was okay with i tagged her in a twitter thing of Uh, California signed some deal or passed it or is going to be enacted January 1st to you know allow men into women's prisons and I just really wanted to hear her speak because I'm open to I, I want the conversation um so I tagged her in it not to be like what do you think but I was just like what what do you think like I I want to understand she sent me a DM and was like I don't know how to use Twitter and just I don't know I was so embarrassed it's just so shameful I'm just shocking and I was like you know this is a personal boundary for me and myself um you're a female and you're not helping yourself out and you're not helping me out as a woman i I cannot do this friendship thing with you like Mm -hmm. number one it was very one-sided she got to say what she wanted to say but i my stuff that i wanted to say was not allowed or transphobic, whatever that crap is so i'm like i can't do i I also can't do this one-sided friendship thing and i asked my facebook peeps like what is friendship to you what does friendship look like what is important to you in friendship it's it's one of those things where i knew what my answer was going to be to this person but i just you know i guess i like to hear what people think what a friendship is and if it lines up with what my idea is and i was like yep it's obviously confirmed what i already knew and this is not what i'm saying in this uh quote friendship and it just made me obviously sad um you know she's a teacher so I think it's teachers fall into this of wanting to be accepting or um, I don't know they just I feel like really mistake it uh, with the gay rights thing or just um, it's so it's like yeah it's just like smoke and mirrors and trickery they've literally latched their claws onto the LGB and all the years they've done their thing And I think that everyone thinks it's that, like straight up.
1: They use the same flag. Actually, the residual guilt, the residual guilt of Mm -hmm. being uh, oppressive. To yeah, it's but it's not the same. They know. Oh no, it's not the same. Yeah,
0: I just think they're too. I don't know if it's lazy or they don't want to go against I, well first of all it's already bred into them or anyone that goes along with it if you question a singular part of it or any of it you're therefore a bigot and even putting your mind there and being a critical thinker you're a bad person so i it's just it's just such a cultic thing of like you're you have to think this way you have to use these pronouns you have to lie to else. me, and you have to lie yeah exactly or else um mm-hmm. It's just it's it's obviously so unfortunate that people don't see all the red flags and how brainwashing. It's just like you really think out of the blue like this is real or this has been going on for decades. Like the tipping point, what tipping point from what? What are you talking about? This is like I know it's kind of been implemented, or, Um, kind of I don't know when it officially started, but I've heard a lot around twenty eleven. Um, but I'm like okay, so what? This is they just make it sound like it's been going on since, and then, you know they try to rewrite history and say like. I don't know crazy she like helen keller or was trans or just anyone is trans it's like literally making up bullshit. um like i don't know yeah rewriting history and making it because their ideology already is so fantasy land they make anything i just believe it even there's like transsexuals that i follow on twitter where i'm like what is this it's a you know man pretending to be a woman and he has all these followers and people like his posts and i'm like see some of the stuff that he posts and I'm just questioning him and his ideology and he gets all mad and is like, well, you can unfollow me. I'm not being harsh or mean or anything. I'm just like, I just don't believe in living a life of a lie, even on like on a light, in a light way of, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not using women's bathrooms. I'm not speaking that's what he said, but if this is what, there's no like, Trans light. Like I, I do it a little bit and it's okay. Like it, there, it's not okay. Like if anything, it's really not okay to that, that person's self. Like you're not being true to yourself. It's not real. And it's, I don't believe living a life of a lie like that wh- wh- helps the person out to be a well-rounded person because you're lying to yourself. You're lying to everyone around you. I think that that, that's not good. Like it just doesn't make someone a I'm not sure what the word is, like, well-rounded or just, like, at peace with themselves. I, I, you know, you read these people that are currently trans being so upset with, like, why isn't this working and why am I being misgendered and, like, what's wrong? I thought this surgery would make it so I'm not being misgendered misgendered, correctly gendering or correctly sexing someone. It just makes me sad because it's, like, you're not going to solve this shit by chopping off pieces and... I've heard time, I know this is tangent, it's always tangent. but, uh, you know, say they are, like, hyper-focus of women, um, wanting to chop off their breasts, double mastectomy, um, and I've heard time and again of, you know, they're hyper-focusing on that, and they have hatred towards that, and then they remove that, and then they start hyper-focusing on their hips, like, just, it's, it's never ending, it's never gonna end, especially when you're so, your life is your body, and your concern about your life is just so physical and, like, outwardly, it's like, let's start again this you know as we all know fix like what's going on up here inside the brain that is part of the body that's making you think these things it's just it's not bad if people have mental illnesses or it's whatever you want to call it that doesn't mean they're bad people um you know i've had depression and i have triggers or whatever it's just like that's just normal to me for people to be messed up or have trauma or, you know, and a lot of this uh, dissociate or body dissociation is just fleeing from trauma. I've seen it time and again, I think from what I've seen, and most all of it is wanting to flee from physical abuse or trauma of some sort, because it makes too much sense. Like, of course, you want to escape your body that is directly associated with being raped or physically abused or whatever, like, and that just it makes me sad, like,
1: yeah, even I, I wish that you know nobody, regardless of what their age is, whether they're underage or whether they're an adult, I wish, I wish nobody would do anything to their body at all. Yeah. Be it cosmetic, be it trans surgery, I wish nobody would do anything at all to their body. I wish that I wish we lived in an, in a world where those changes are not going to be the harbingers of happiness.
0: Yeah.
1: I wish we don't bother about it at all. Maybe somehow somehow found happiness in things outside of our bodies or something like that. It breaks my heart to now now after having finished making this film and having a lot of time with myself, you know, with my head. Mm-hmm. I just really wish nobody would do it. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter um, whether same you same. whether you believe that you're in the opposite sex or the same sex. It doesn't matter. I I would like it if we move on to this world where we don't have to do that that will be nice that will be a nice precedent you know where we're not Mm -hmm. focusing on the body at all if 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 it does provide them distress and how it causes them agony that is something that we definitely need to address Mm -hmm. but addressing it in a way where we are not focusing on the body but on the mind I would like that. And I would really like for younger girls to believe that there is such a potential to work with a professional, understand what's going on with your body and make absolutely no changes to yourself. Mm -hmm. Maybe get more boyish, maybe get more boisterous. maybe Mm want to have masculine hobbies or whatever the hell that is. (laughs) Do all of that. Climb a tree, you know, skinny dip. Uh, in, into a river it doesn't matter mm-hmm. those are things you know one one would one should aspire for night no, yeah. really just dream of a time like that where yeah regardless of your age you're just happy in your skin man wouldn't that yeah. be just perfect
0: mm-hmm you're born the way you are and that's that's enough
1: yeah
0: yeah change that <laughs> well Well, um um, i guess that's all for now it's been been such a treat um thank you so much for coming on is there any um social media links or websites you want to drop uh let us know now
1: okay so my film dysphoric is available on youtube um basically it's a bit.ly link so you type bit.ly slash dysphoric 21. 21 is the year it was released 2021 so you 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 type that and your my entire playlist comes on it's in four parts you can watch that or you can go to my website which is limesodafilms.com and the film is over there as well and if you enter my name on google and type cancel you'll get all kinds of information (laughs) about me as well so that's that
0: awesome thank you so much um i I super appreciate You coming on, it's been fantastic. I love your work and I can't wait to see what other things you do. Do you wanna, do you have any, is that, I forgot to ask you that, can you, are you working on something you're allowed to say?
1: Not, not like, not anything concrete at the moment, but there are a bunch of ideas and I'm, I'm very excited. Um, the momentum that this film has given me mm-hmm. has uh, strengthened my conviction, you know, to continue to raise voice about this and to just try and find an, find innovative ways to get through to people mm-hmm. now that's kind of becoming my obsession now so what can i say and in what way can i say a thing that's mm-hmm. going to go get through to you it's like yes. i want to try try different things and see see where we very where we land and if we have some mind shifts because of our art i think that's mm-hmm. the reward we're all going after right
0: yes yep keep going keep on trucking do not yep. stop keep doing your thing all yep. right well until next time people thank you guys so much for listening i hope you got something out of that interview as usual with my chats i always you know hope that you guys can get um something out of the women i have on it's the whole reason why i do what i do is to uplift women's voices and create a space for women to tell their tale or speak about their expertise um you know, it's just, I'm here to provide that space. And it's, it's in know, it's, I'm in a wonderful place in my life where I'm able to do that. And I, I know I talk about that a lot, but I'm continually very thankful and blessed that I'm able to do this and provide women a space um, and keeping that ball rolling. And one of the best side effects from having women on that I interview, they almost all of them say, uh, you know, it basically gives them um, some confidence to be like, oh, you know, I'm going to continue Uh, I'm going to pick up my WordPress again, I'm going to write again, uh, or I'm going to create more YouTube videos, I I need to, I need to do that more. I'm just noticing that, you know, sometimes it just takes, you know, an interview or giving confidence in someone um, that push to continue what they're doing. Um, And I think just me having them on as a guest has given them a sense of self-worth. And hey, if someone takes me seriously enough to have them on, have me on as an interview guest... Then I should take myself more serious, and it's just been a really wonderful side effect um, of me interviewing women that I'm not surprised by, but it's it's I didn't see it coming. I guess I don't know. It's just it's awesome. Um, yeah. Ow, cat is on my shoulder. I what else to check up on? Check up in on? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Keep on fighting, y'all. Um, you know, I've, it, this is really the beginning of. It's going to get a lot worse, obviously. I don't know. I'm going to stop rambling and nice short and sweet intro and short and sweet outro. So don't forget to rate and review my podcast. I know you guys are listening. If you haven't done it yet, please go do that. It doesn't take a lot of effort. You just go to the Apple podcast thingamajig and scroll down and um, click that five star or whatever you want to rate it and write that review, you know, written reviews and just like the stories that you listen to here on my podcast are the things that make real shifts, um, in the world and seeing someone write a review that is authentic, um, has a big impact. So it would mean the world to me if you are a supporter of listening to my podcast, that you take the time out of your day to just write that review. And, and if you do, and if you have, I, I really sincerely from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate that. I wish there was like better words for me to show my appreciation of my supporters. Cause I, I hate saying the typical thanks to my supporters and, uh, you know, because everyone's heard it phrased that way. It just doesn't cover. I feel like it just feels insincere. and I don't never want to be insincere. Um, It's not my style. (laughs) I'm sure you've gotten that vibe. Um, Yeah, I appreciate you guys. And, you know, share my podcast and YouTube videos with anyone and everyone. You know, the the stuff I put out on the interwebs on my Instagram and social media is meant to be, quote, stolen. Like, I mean, obviously, to some extent, but you know, I'm doing all this because it's meant to be shared. So if you have someone who's questioning this transgender ideology, share my YouTube, share a YouTube video that I have, um, or a podcast episode, you know, Um, just start sharing, you know, sharing women's voices and women's efforts and um, spirit, you know, it means it means a lot. And it, it does, it does have a very big impact you know, when people start getting active, because if you can't protest or do your own thing, and you know, to speak the truth and uplift um, women, then you know, the easiest thing you can do is share um, stuff that I've been doing or other women, um, podcasts or YouTube, or, you know, even the swag that I create, I do have a red bubble. um, And I yes, I promise you, I am I keep saying this, and I feel so bad, because it sounds like I'm uh, leading people on at this point I feel terrible like I'm setting up my own Shopify on my website and it's been like a, a fucking so much more involved than you have any idea about just setting up a shop like the fact that my license and passport is uh, expired that's I have to wait on that Um, it's just really complicated there's all these variables um, of setting up a shop on, online it's not as easy as you would think really especially when it's on your own website and not through you know Etsy which is why I'm Setting up on my own website to get away from, well, fuck Etsy. Etsy doesn't give a shit about women. We are not a protected group on Etsy. They made that very clear. Um, yeah, please support me on my Patreon. That would also be a great way to support me. Um, you know, there's a bottom tier of $5 up to, I believe, 30 And I am doing a t-shirt that I am going to get custom printed. Um, and it says, oh my God, I'm like trying to remember what it says. Uh, th- 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 keep it real. Remember reality. I'm trying to scroll down to my Patreon post. Give me a second. Where did I put it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it is um, it, the end date of this um, to put your name in, basically, and become a Patreon supporter is, uh, do I have the date on here? The date is on. Da, da, da. Well, it's, I wrote the date down somewhere. Annoying. Um, Somewhere like April 20th, I believe, is a cutoff date. Um, so of all the people that put their name in the hat and give their monetary support to support the funds for this shirt you know i'm gonna get it all all the outline of the funds and how much stuff is going to cost is very i'm very transparent about that it's on my patreon um and i've tweeted it out but uh yeah i'm gonna get it custom printed on the nicest fabric possible i've tested this fabric out it's a brand called bella plus canvas um i've worn their stuff for a while it's just the basic you know kind of like hanes uh or what is that other jumbo shirt? I forgot the shirt companies. You know, shirts that you get um, printed stuff on. Um, so I'm I'm ordering the finest material. It's gonna be the comfiest, and I've tested it. Gonna get it printed and then sent to me. This is very not cheap, by the way. But that's neither here nor there. I'm going to hand dye each one individually and then ship it out to you. So the shirt preview is on my patreon um yeah and it would mean a lot to me if you would support me in my artistic um it's a passion project it's something that I really I love hands-on arts you know getting my hands in there and literally drizzling the drop the dye on the shirt um you know going through the whole process of dyeing it is also a whole you have to do it correctly otherwise it, the dye doesn't set correctly Pouring the cold water on it, um, you know, doing a technique that's called ice dye. Um, You know, I just I love hands on crafts for anything. So this is a really special endeavor where it's going to be literally I've, you know, quote touched this um, shirt that if you buy a shirt, it will be my handmade. Like, honestly, not the obviously printed part, but the hand dyeing is hand done. And I know other people appreciate that from other people. Hand done um, arts. Anyway. So, yeah, if you're already a Patreon supporter and you want that shirt, uh, send me a message on my Patreon um, or email me distortedlens at distortedlens because I'll figure out the funding because um, I want to make sure that everyone has the uh, ability to get a shirt if they want a shirt. I know it's confusing because I have a separate Patreon tier. If you're not a Patreon supporter, you select that one to send the money in to then so I can put you on the list to order the shirts from and put you on the order list. Um, Anyway, oh my God, I'm talking about this shirt forever. But I should be. It's okay. Um, I'm really excited about it. Um, I love, yeah, I'm just going on about it because I'm just, I'm stoked. And I I would love for you to be a part of my creative um, passion project. So yeah, Um, check out my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash distorted lens. You can see that information there. It's pinned on my page. And I hope you guys are just hanging in there and remembering, just remember, remember reality and there are only two sexes, male and female. Don't use the language of saying uh, biological male, biological female, because that's also playing into their uh, fantasy land and it's distorting language. Just don't do that, don't. You don't need to because man is man, male is male, female is female, woman is woman. Um, I've heard people be like, oh, well, if you say woman, they're, no, they're gonna take it as trans woman. I'm like, no, absolutely fucking not, no. Keep the language to reality-based and using the word woman as woman. And man is man. You don't need to complicate it and say anything else because it's a time-tested, like, it's always been that way. Just keep on saying it how you've always known. You don't need to change your language. You really don't. Keep it simple, stupid, which is the acronym is KISS. <laughs> anyway, um, hang in there, y'all. Uh, yeah, namaste.
3: we have this one life and we must have the opportunity to live it the way we want but this industry of hate that gaslights girls into turning against themselves infuriates me the thought of an entire generation of kids turning around and asking us where the hell were you? why didn't you do anything? keeps me up at night so I want this film to offer a perspective that the genderists are actively trying to conceal a perspective that is not phobic of anything, but one that puts women and girls above everything else. A perspective that encourages young girls to appreciate their bodies and that there are no alterations required. I have taught myself to be proud of my sex class against all odds. I derive my strength and determination from the achievements of other women around the world. There is so much to feel proud about being female. And if I could go back in time, I would hug my younger self and tell her exactly that.